What up, what up, what up? This is your man Dre Day from Sportswear with Dre Day Podcast. And I have a public service announcement for all you listeners out there. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground in 2018, I had so many questions. How do I record an episode? Where do I find background music? How do I get my show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all the other places people like to listen? Also, where do I find advertisers? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, distributing, and monetizing your podcast. And best of all, it's 100% free and 100% easy to use. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me in the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. Again, that's anchor.fm slash start to join. Oh, one thing, you can record your episode from your phone or computer. So again, go to anchor.fm slash start to join. And I can't wait to hear your podcast. gents boys and girls you are now tuned in to a brand new episode of sports way with dre day podcast i am your host with the most the hoods espn crystal streets golden boy dre day what's up what's up what's up this is episode 285 episode 285 of sports way with dre day podcast I want to thank everybody for their continued support. Keep it going. Keep it flowing. Uh, This episode here, we're going to speak on this Ja Morant uh, situation, you know, within the NBA. Uh, You know, him being on IG Live, flaunting the gun around and, you know, stuff like that. You know, we're going to dive into that. We're going to talk about uh, these franchise tags that were given out in the NFL, um, the WNBA schedule was announced. Well, I wouldn't say it was announced, but it was basically, uh, it was basically letting it be known the broadcast schedule for the upcoming season, you know, that was put out. So, you know, I'm, you know, I'm going to speak on that. I have to speak on that. I'm excited for this upcoming season. So, I definitely have to speak on on those as well. So 
those are the three things that's on the agenda for this episode. So first, let's just, let's just get straight into it. Let's not even just let's not even dance around it anymore. We got to talk about the John Moran situation. For those of y'all that don't know, or have been living under a rock, John Morant was on IG Live, I believe, last week. I believe he was in a club, and he was on IG Live flashing a gun. Okay. Now, you've had people come to his defense, which I would expect to happen. You know what I'm saying? I, I would expect people to come to his defense. But see, here's the problem with this. John Morant is a great talent in the NBA. I forgot exactly which year it was that he was drafted. He was drafted second behind Zion Williamson. When Zion went hurt, when, when Zion got hurt, with his countless injuries... John Morant emerged as the MVP of that rookie class. I believe he won rookie of the year as well. To the point where you had people saying that how, shit, New Orleans should have probably drafted him number one. That's just what he was doing. That's how exceptional he was. But somewhere along the line, as the years progressed and we get to this year, John Morant likes to put on this facade that he's a thug, he's a gangster, he's a goon. You're not those things, okay? You're not those things, okay? We've seen him in games where he'll put up gang signs, um, something that Skip Bayless <laughs> alluded to a few uh, a few days ago, which I found funny because I'm like, what you know? What you, what, what you know about? Uh, crip, crip hand gestures and whatnot, but regardless of the fact, that's what he that's what he has done on the basketball court on numerous occasions. Uh, there was an incident that happened. What was it? A few, a few weeks ago, I want to say probably about a month. And uh, at I'm gonna say Staples Center. I'm not calling it what that shit is called now. Where Shannon Sharp had gotten to an issue with. I think it was Dylan Brooks, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, he basically damn near almost got got into it with the whole Memphis bench, including John Morant and even his father. But the cool heads prevailed, and then, you know, everything was fine and dandy after that. We get to the incident in Indiana. We get to the situation in Indiana where... You know, he had an issue out there. Now you hear rumors of him allegedly, you know, doing something to a 17-year-old, and then now this. You're sitting on so much generational wealth where you can take care of your family. I believe he has a daughter. You could take care of, you know... By for, ten, for, all, for all intended purposes, she has kids. Take care of your grandkids. Take care of your great-grandkids. That's the situation that you're in right now, John Morant. And you're willing to lose it all just to show that you think you're a gangster, that you think you're a goon. 
You're not none of those things. You're a basketball player. You know what I'm saying? Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't carry a gun. I'm not saying that at all. With what's going on in this country now, I think everybody should be in their own right to carry one. You know what I'm saying? But you ain't got to flaunt it on social media. That's the one thing. You shouldn't have like you should have to floss it on social media. You know? But luckily for him, you know, the NBA has done its investigation. The state of Colorado has done their investigation and no charges are going to be put his way. So, no pun intended, but he dodged the bullet on this one. Now, he's put out his apology. I truly believe he's sincere in his apology. But at the end of the day, hopefully, with this situation happening, hopefully this is a wake-up call for him to get his shit together. Because, because Memphis, you know, they said that he was going to be away from the team for two games. It's now upgraded to four games. So now he's going to miss six games for the Memphis Grizzlies. He probably done miss two of them already. So four of them he's going to miss. Four more he's going to miss. The Memphis Grizzlies right now, I believe, are a top three seed in the Western Conference. Now, I remember when the season first started and he was being interviewed by Malika Andrews and she asked him, what team is he concerned with? He said, Boston. She asked him, no team in the West? He said, oh, nah, we fine in the West. We fine in the West. Well, if you're so fine in the West, why would you want to jeopardize not only this season, but jeopardize your career? Because that's what you were on the verge of doing, jeopardizing your career. Leave the nonsense alone. Now, I don't know who's in his circle, but it's obvious it's a bunch of yes men. Because if I was in that position of power, if I was in that position where he was, I'm only having people around me that benefits me or, or is going to help me ascend. I'm not going to have nobody in my circle or camp that's keeping me low. And that's exactly what he was doing. Now, I see a lot of people out there. I think Fat Joe alluded to this. Some of the blame goes to John Moran's father. I can somewhat agree with that as well. Because for me, watching his pops at the games, even though sometimes, you know, I mean, besides the incident with Uncle Shea, which happened almost two months ago or whatever, he's kind of been on his best behavior. But for the most part, for me, it's like their relationship is more of a homey relationship than it is a father-son. Because when all of these situations was going on, I don't know if he wasn't talking the job behind closed doors or if he wasn't saying anything. All of this shit continued to happen. So you, as his father, what conversations are you having with him? Or is it he's making all this money He's looking out for you now. He's kind of providing for you now. So, oh, let me just sit back and not say nothing. As opposed to being his father and stepping up and saying something. Something's got to give in this situation. But again, he's not going to, like, no charges are going to be brought up on him. So he's lucky from that aspect. 
See, that's what happens when you have a two hundred plus million dollar contract under your in your disposal. You can, you know, shit like that can happen for you. Blessings can happen for you. That shit couldn't have happened to the average Joe. Had that been me, who knows? Charges might have been brought up on my ass. You know what I'm saying? But being that you're at the level that you're at, you're able to not have these charges put up on you. So hopefully this is a wake-up call for him. Hopefully this is. You know, he accepted accountability. He took accountability, and I, and I, and I respect him for that. I true I truly 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 respect him for that that he took accountability for his actions because it was totally unnecessary totally unnecessary I'm not saying don't have a gun again we are living in crazy times right now wicked it is like it's scary out here in these streets and it ain't just my city I'm talking about New York it's everywhere it's everywhere. It's spooky out here, yo. And if you ain't on your game, you can get got. But you ain't got to post the but but you ain't got to flash the gun on social media. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. So hopefully his mental is getting better. And when he comes back from this suspension, he'll be the job Morant that we saw when he first came into this when he first came into the league. The high flyer wasn't getting in trouble. Now, of course, you still want to, you know, display your bravado. You still want to show your arrogance just a little bit. But as far as doing stupid shit, hopefully this will be over and done with after this because it was totally unnecessary. It was very unfortunate. And as a fan of his, I would say he's definitely one of my favorite emerging stars in the league. Because I always say this, like, LeBron don't have that much time left in this game. Neither does Kevin Durant. Probably neither does Steph Curry. All three of them probably got a good max five, six years left in this game. LeBron probably got about three because his whole thing is he wants to play with his son. And I think once he accomplished that, then he's done, right? When you think of the young stars in this game, that is the future of the NBA. John Morant is definitely one of them. Definitely. You got Luka. You got Trey Young. You got John Moran. You got Zion if he can stay healthy. You got Jason Tatum. You got Jalen Brown. Giannis is still going to be here, even though I really wouldn't say he's young, but you get what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot of young talent in this league, and I believe Ja is one of those top guys that's going to take this league to the next level when LeBron is gone, when KD is gone. When Steph is gone, I believe Ja's going to be one of those guys that's going to take this game to the next level. So hopefully this was a wake-up call. Hopefully this was a wake-up call for him. You definitely don't want to be one of those stars that we had in this league that took one boneheaded incident 
and fucked up your career. Ended your career. We don't want to see that out of you, job. We definitely don't want to see that. We definitely do not want to see that at all. Next, we got... In fact, this wasn't even on the agenda. But since I brought his name up, as soon as I mentioned his name, you know... LeBron made some airwaves this week uh, as it pertains to comments about Bronny, about his son, Bronny. Basically saying that how that his son right now is better than some NBA players today. Now, I'm all for you vouching for your son. I'm all for you instilling the confidence in him, keeping, you know, the James name. Because at the end of the day, yes, his name is Bronny. They call him Bronny, but his name is LeBron James Jr. So... You co-signing your son, of course you want to do that. Of course you want to do that. But LeBron, I got to tell you, comments like this is going to make your boy a target once he make the league. Out of spite of you, you're going to make your boy a target once he comes into the league. It's kind of like what LeVar did with Lonzo. Before Lonzo even got to the league, he's better than Jordan. He's better than Steph. He's better than Charles Barkley. All this, that, and the third. All these NBA greats that you're saying that your son is better than. You're talking about your son is better than some NBA players. There's some players that's on the, like, there's bench warmers in the league right now. The, 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 the 13th, 15th man on the bench that'll probably smoke your son. I get that you want to, you know, boost your son's confidence. And listen, he got game, serious game. I'm not sitting here saying he don't. I've watched highlights. But for, for a lot of people that I speak to, it's not really Bronny that's the one that got the game. It's the other son, Bryce. That's what that, that, that that's what the streets are saying. Like this, this, this ain't me saying that. This is what the streets are saying. Listen, LeBron, your son's 18 years old. Let him enjoy these last few months of high school. He's probably gonna do one. He, listen. But whatever school he go to, he's probably gonna do one year and then bam, he's out and he's coming right to the league. So you, so you can make a case two, three years he's gonna be in the league. This is why LeBron is trying to stay the course so he could play, so he could play alongside his son, which I think will be dope. Like that will be so monumental for him to stick around in this league just to be able to play alongside his son. I think that's going to be amazing. That's going to be on some Ken Griffey Sr., Ken Griffey Jr. type shit. You know what I'm saying? So I think 
I, I think that would be dope. But LeBron, this comment was totally unnecessary. You're just putting a bigger, bigger, bigger target on your son's back when he does decide to make it to the NBA. That's just my opinion on it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, let's get into some NFL talk. I believe this week was the week of franchise tags, right? Tag, you're it. You know, I believe Saquon got the franchise tag with the uh, New York Giants. They gave him, they, they hit him, you know, with the franchise tag. Daniel Jones got one hell of a contract. One hell of a contract with the New York Giants, which was crazy to me. That deal was crazy. They gave Daniel Jones. A four-year deal worth $160 million, 82 mil guaranteed. And he has another $35 mil in there somewhere with incentives, right? Do I think Daniel Jones is worth that kind of money? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But, again, it's not, it's, it's listen, Y'all know the name of the game. It's not what you're worth. It's what you can negotiate. So I don't know who his agent is, but thumbs up for your agent. Two thumbs up for your agents. Listen. The Giants had a great season last year. To their expectations, they had a great season. When the season first started, I don't think anybody expected them to make the playoffs because I know for a fact I didn't, right? So for them to make the playoffs, and for Brian Dable to get coach of the year, rightfully so. And with Daniel Jones having a... I'll say it, this was probably his best season in the NFL, Right? He didn't turn the ball over as much as previous seasons. And I think that definitely helped in the Giants' success this season. So I'm not going to sit here and say he was not responsible for the Giants' success because he had something to do with it. But as far as that money, though, I don't know if he's worth that kind of money. But, again, it ain't what you're worth. It's what you negotiate. I'm looking at it from the perspective of with the kind of money that they paid him, right? Do I see him as that quarterback that can lead the Giants to the next level? Now, yes, they made the playoffs, right? They made the playoffs. Can he take them to that next level? He got them to the divisional round. Do I believe that Daniel Jones with this contract, the contract that they just gave him, do I believe that he, as the quarterback for the New York Football Giants, can get them to a championship game? I'm not talking about a Super Bowl. I'm talking about championship game. 
as far as being one of the last two teams in the NFC to fight to go to the Super Bowl. Do I see him as that guy? No, I do not. No, I don't. Can he play? Yes. Yes, he can. I'm not arguing that. But with the kind of money that they gave him, do I see him as that quarterback that can get the Giants over that hump to a championship game? No, I do not. No, I do not. But I'm happy for him. I'm happy for him. Hopefully, he improves as far as really, really slinging that ball and getting that ball down the field. Hopefully, he learns. Hopefully. He's still, he's still young. He's 25 years old. He hasn't even reached his prime yet. So, it's still time. You know what I'm saying? It's, you know, it's still time for him. But me personally, I believe Saquon deserved more money. That's just like, that's for me, seeing what they did for Daniel Jones, for me, I believe Saquon should have got more. This is more about Saquon than it is Daniel Jones because he was literally the spark plug for that Giants offense. And I believe he deserved to get paid a lot more than getting the franchise tag, in my opinion. That's just my opinion. So this is more so about Saquon than it is Daniel Jones, right? The Cowboys, they franchise tag Tony Pollard. Mind you, he's currently out right now, so... I think it's safe to say that next year he will be back with the Cowboys. I don't know what this means. I don't know what this does for Zeke because, I mean, a lot of people out there saying that, you know, they're probably going to cut ties with Zeke. Maybe that's why they franchised um, Tony Pollard. But get well to him. You know, get well soon to him. But let's get to the elephant in the room. The big, the biggest franchise tag that has transpired in the NFL. And that would be Lamar Jackson. The Baltimore Ravens franchise tag Lamar Jackson. Now remember, there's two tags. There's an exclusive one and a non-inclusive one. There's an inclusive one and a non-inclusive one. The tag that they gave him was he could engage in talks with other teams. But if he was to sign an offer sheet with other teams, the Ravens will have the right to match the offer to keep him or take two first-round picks as compensation. The non-exclusive tag, which he has, will pay him $32 million this upcoming season. And is less expensive than the inclusive one. The exclusive one, which was $45 million. This is a slap in the face to Lamar Jackson. Now, what I'm not going to do 
I'm not going to throw the race card out there. I'm seeing a lot of people doing that. I'm not going to throw the race card out there because you can't really throw the race card out there because there have been other black quarterbacks who have gotten paid. Now, if Kyler Murray wouldn't have got his extension last season, if Russell Wilson wouldn't have got his when he went to Denver, if Deshaun Watson wouldn't have got his as soon as Cleveland traded for him, then you could say it's a racial thing. I just think it's crazy that Lamar Jackson has not received a big contract from the Baltimore Ravens considering the fact that he is the heart and soul of that offense. That offense goes through Lamar Jackson. You can't sit here and tell me, oh, he's not deserving of a max because he missed two, three games of the regular season two straight years. I'm not trying to hear that. I can care less about the playoff record. What is he, one and three in the playoffs? Or two and three or whatever the case may be? I don't care. When you think of top quarterbacks in the NFL, Brady is gone, so you can, you can take him out the equation. You got Mahomes. You got Burrow. You got Josh Allen. You got Jalen Hurts. I'm trying to think of quarterbacks. You can't tell me that Lamar Jackson is not a top 10 quarterback. You just can't tell me that. I think the issue with Lamar Jackson is this. I think there are teams out there that don't like the fact that he represents himself. I think there's teams out there that resent the fact that he's his own agent. That's just my opinion. Usually players have their own representation. You know, they got their agents speaking up for them and this, that, and the third. But for whatever the reason may be, Lamar is representing himself. He doesn't have an agent. And I think the NFL, as far as certain teams, because there have been plenty of teams out there so far that said they're not looking to sign Lamar Jackson. Nothing like that. Some of these teams can use his services. That team in Miami can use his services. He's from there. And we don't know what's going to happen with Tua. So that's one team that can use his services. Atlanta can use his services. Tampa can use his services now that Tom Brady is gone, but I don't think they have the money for him. I would say the Jets, but it's looking like they're fixated right now on going after Aaron Rodgers. So there's some teams out there that can use his services. I just don't understand how Baltimore could fuck this up with Lamar Jackson. I, I honestly don't understand it. Because, for, I, mean, for, I mean, for years, when you thought of Baltimore, you thought of their defense, right? You thought of Ray Lewis. You thought of Ed Reed. You thought of Terrell Suggs, McAllister, R.I.P. Saragusa, Rod Woodson when he was there. You thought of the Ravens' defense. It wasn't that. It wasn't that often that when you thought of the Baltimore Ravens, you thought about the offense being 
the heart and soul of that team. But since Lamar has been there, that team live and dies with Lamar Jackson. The man won an MVP for y'all. And this is the thanks that he gets. I think it's fucked up. I, I really, I really think it's fucked up. I know the fans in Baltimore, and I know my my little homie Javon from Everybody Loves Sports. I know he's livid with this shit. Baltimore native. And I know he's so, so pissed off with his hometown team. And rightfully so. Not mad at him at all. Ozzy Newsome, I don't know what the hell is going over there in Baltimore, but y'all gotta fix this. Y'all gotta fix this. Y'all gotta do. Y'all gotta do right by Lamar Jackson. You just got to. You just got to, because you can't tell me that. You can't give me ten quarterbacks in the NFL that is better than Lamar Jackson. You just can't. I'm sorry. You just can't convince me. But uh, Josh Jacobs got franchise tagged by the Raiders. Evan Ingram got the franchise tag from the Jags. I said Saquon. Deron Payne got the franchise tag from the Commanders. And I also said Tony Pollard got the franchise tag from the Cowboys. Hell, shit, I went my Lamar with the Raiders. Lamar with Devontae Adams, but again, whatever team it is that talks to him, if they do try to if they do try to acquire him, that team would have to give up two first round picks for him. I just think this is a slap in the face to Lamar, honestly. I I I I I like this. I I I I really have a problem with this. Real talk. But the Ravens can make this right. They can try. They 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 could really make this right by giving this man exactly what he wants. He's your offense. He's the heart and soul of your team. But if I'm Lamar, I'm sitting out. <laughs> if I'm Lamar, I'm sitting out. I'm sitting out. Y'all don't appreciate me like that? Cool. Let me sit out and let's see how y'all do without me. Let's see what your season is like without me. But then again, I don't know what his financial situation is. I don't know how much millions he's sitting on to where he could take that gamble and sit out the season. Don't know if he got it like that. I honestly don't. But again, we shall see. We shall see. Listen, Tampa released it. They, they, they cut ties with Donovan Smith, which I thought was a good thing. Mr. Mr. Holding all the time. Yeah, they did the right thing by cutting ties with him. It's also being reported that they're going to cut Leonard Fournette and Cameron Brait. Uh, the Dolphins released 
Byron Jones. It's also being rumored that the Cowboys are looking to possibly get one key piece, one more key piece to try to help them get to the Super Bowl. Will it be Jalen Ramsey? Will it be DeAndre Hopkins? Or would it be Odell Beckham Jr.? Those are the three names that everybody keeps talking about that might potentially have that star in their helmet. I'm Listen, at the end of the day, I don't care who you put on that team. There's still one X factor that you're not understanding, and that's the owner. He is what's wrong with this Dallas Cowboys team, and it has been for years. He is the problem, the old fart, Jerry Jones. He is the problem with the Cowboys. You get rid of him, which is not going to happen, but... With him gone, then I can see something happening with the Cowboys. But until he's still the owner, until he's still the GM, until he's still the president, until he's still the water boy, until he's still the trainer, and all those things, the Cowboys will continue to be what they are. And that is a disappointment and America's nightmare. Not America's team, but America's nightmare. Now, let's get to WNBA. I was at work yesterday, and I got an email. And the email was basically informing that the WNBA broadcast schedule for this upcoming season, they're going to broadcast it live, right? Well... Not live, but listen, man, listen. There will be 25 national broadcast games this regular season for the WNBA. 25. And all 25 games will be on either ESPN, ESPN2, or ABC during the upcoming season the WNBA will collaborate with ESPN to present up to 52 possible games beginning with the WNBA regular season and I think the, I think the opening game is May 19th and I think they're starting it off on the right foot we're going to see the return of Brittany Grinder. We're going to see Diana Taurasi and the Phoenix Mercury go up against the Los Angeles Sparks. I can't wait for that game. I, I believe the game is in L.A., though. I don't, think, I, I don't think that's the home opener for Phoenix, but to see Brittany back out there on the basketball court is going to be, is going to be wonderful. I'm sure it's going to be emotional for her. Hell, it might be emotional for the whole WNBA. It, 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 it just might be. I feel bad for the Sparks. Because that first game 
The Mercury are going to do everything they can to feed that ball to Brittany. And I don't know who's going to be the center for the Sparks because I know it's not NECA. Remember, Liz, listen, Liz Cambage ain't there. I don't know who's going to be in that set. I don't know who's going to be in that paint with Brittany, but I feel bad for him because it's going to get dark. She's been away from the game for a while. I've seen videos of her training. It's going to get spooky for the WNBA. It's going to be very, very spooky. Okay? So, yes. 25 national broadcast games this upcoming regular season. The All-Star game will be July 15th in Las Vegas. And it will be aired in prime time, which means it's not an afternoon game. The All-Star games in the past for the WNBA Yes, it's been on ABC, but they've been afternoon games. This All-Star game will be in prime time, nighttime. For the first time, it's going to be in prime time, so I'm all for it. I can't wait. I cannot wait. Can't wait, man. I, I listen, listen, man. And it's also being reported that I believe the New York Liberty have nine national televised games. Nine. And I think the Aces, the defending champs, have seven. It's going to be fun, man. Mm, it's going to be fun. D this is going to be This is going to be this is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. This is like this is going to really 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 be fun i can't wait for this upcoming season i'm very excited for it um listen i got the liberty and aces in the finals i've said that and i think i said it in my last episode when i made my comeback i really don't see no other two teams that can even vie for the wnba finals the only way I can see any other teams making damage is if the Aces and the Liberty get hurt. If they have a gruesome injury to any of their stars or multiple stars, that's the only way I can see the Aces or the Liberty not making the finals. That's the only way. That is the only way I can see that shit happening. But again, I'm very excited for this season. Very much excited. Very much. I thought last season I was excited. But I think this one, man. This one's going to be dope. It's going to be dope. Stewie's going to play her old squad. You know they're going to show that on TV. You know what I mean? 
Can't wait. Can't wait, man. I can't wait. I can't wait, man. I, I'm very much looking forward to this season. Very much. May needs to get here already. We in March. May need to hurry up and get here. <laughs> may, need to, may, may need to hurry up and get here, man. But I'm very much, very much excited for this upcoming season. Speaking of the WNBA, I want to say congrats to Kelsey Plum. Her and Las Vegas Raiders tight end Darren Wallard tied the knot over the weekend. So congratulations to them. Darren Wallard, you are one lucky, lucky, lucky man. I tell you what, she broke a lot of hearts with that post. She broke a lot of hearts. A lot. Because Kelsey Plum is a fine, fine, fine woman. Fine woman. Very beautiful. Very beautiful and hot. But she broke a lot of hearts. But congratulations to her and um, Darren Wallard. Well, I don't want to hold y'all up that much. You know, I'm still, you know, you know, I'm still taking my time with this, you know, taking my time with this right now. You know, like, like I said, I've got a lot going on with me, but, you know, I still want to get back in the pod game. I've missed it. So I don't want to be on this that much longer. But uh, again, it's a wrap for this episode. Oh, no, 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 no. I got to give my shout out. I got to give my shout out. And the shout out that I want to give. I want to give a shout out to Chris Rock. Now, again, this is not just. A, I mean, yes, it's sports with Dre Day podcast, right? But what I've tried to do is I've tried to institute some other things I would like to speak about. And since I shouted out Chris Rock, I think it's only right that shit. I know I said I don't want to be on here this much longer, but since I shouted him out, I might as well keep it going and give my opinion, just like everybody else is giving theirs. We all know about the special that Chris Rock had this weekend that is currently on Netflix, Selective Outrage. If you haven't watched it, go ahead, watch it, tune in. It's a good special. Would I say it's his best special or one of his best specials? No. Chris Rock has had six specials. I believe his first three was his best. Bring the Pain, Bigger and Blacker, and Never Scared, right? He did Kill the Messenger. He did tambourine, and now he got selective outrage. Those are decent at best. I would never put them up with the first three I just mentioned. Now, obviously, we know about selective outrage, and we all was waiting for this one particular thing he was going to speak about, and that was the slap from Will Smith last year at the Oscars. And he did. He spoke his mind. Me, personally, I applaud him. I'm happy that he was able to get it off his chest. Me, personally, I think he let them off a little too easy, if you ask me. I think he could, like, me, personally, he could have dug a little deeper than he did. But if you go back and you watch the special, 
you can tell when he was speaking about it, he was hurt. And even so, like, during his bit, if you pay attention, he was showing love to Will. But then, of course, I got to talk my shit now. I'm going to show him his love. At the end of the day, that was my friend. I viewed him as a brother. But the same token, I'm going to talk my shit because you did slap me on national television, right? So now I got to speak on it because everybody and their mother was talking about it. You had comedians talking about it. You had rappers talking about it, all that shit. But the only person that didn't speak about it was him. That's why it baffles me that you had so many people saying, oh, it was last year. Let it go. Why are you still talking about it? First of all, he never talked about it. Everybody else and their mother talked about it. So when he finally decided to talk about it, I was very impressed. See me, I was looking forward to it because I was waiting to see, watching the special, I was waiting to see when he was going to get to it. Was he going to do it in the beginning or was he going to do it in the end? He waited to the end. He waited till the end of the show to get in his bag. And I applaud him. I totally applaud him. But since everybody want to voice their opinion, I feel like it's only right that I voice mine. Now, maybe I spoke about this last year when it came out, when the whole situation came out. But see, now I need to do an addendum version. I need to speak on it again, right? Because people have this thing where they say, oh, Chris Rock caters to the white audience. He's disrespecting the black woman. He caught Jada this. He caught Jada that. The name of the show is called Selective Outrage. People don't realize that y'all are proving Chris Rock's point. Selective Outrage. You pick and choose what to be outrageous about. Because these, listen, I know so many people that when Jada Pickett did what she did to Will, there were so many people calling her out her name. They called her a predator, which Chris Rock said. They called her a bitch. They called her the devil. They called her every negative. They called her a narcissist. They called her everything in the book. And again, these are black people I know that was doing that. Male and female. But the moment he gets on stage and he does it, he's disrespecting the black woman. Now, let's get to Will, okay? And I've listen, I've said this before and I'm going to say it again. There is no cancel Will Smith over here. I still love Will Smith. I'm still a big fan of his. But what he did that night at the Oscars was some bitch shit. It simply was because, again, Chris Rock, he was presenting an award. He wasn't hosting the awards. He was presenting an award. But him being a comedian, what do you do when you're at an award show? You tell jokes. That's the job of a comedian. Whether you're at an award show, whether you're, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you, could, be, you could be at a hospital for a, a charity thing. You're going to tell jokes. You're a comedian. That's what you get paid for. 
He goes up on the stage. He sees Jada Pickett. He says, Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see you. Now, of course, us, we know why he said G.I. Jane 2. Because she has a bald head. Now, yes, we come to find out that she has... Dang, I can't even pronounce the shit that they said. Alopecia or something like that. I have a cousin that deals with that as well. Shout out to her. I'm not going to mention her name because I don't know if she's going to want people in her business. But shout out to you, cuz. I'll just say she lives down south. Will laughed at the joke at first. He laughed at the joke. And it wasn't no, like, like a smile. No, he laughed at the joke. Then he saw his puppet master not laugh. Give him that look. And then we all know what happened next, right? For me, I said this before and I'll say it again. It was a bitch-ass move because he knew who to do that shit to and who not to do that to. Now, for some people out there, they're going to use that as, oh, he went up on stage to defend his wife. That's not how I looked at it. I looked at that as somebody that has been dealing with so much disrespect from the media, from his wife, and all of that shit just came together on that particular night. Chris told that joke, saw his puppet master not laughing, so now I got to go up there and, you know, make this right. Because again, who has Jada Pickett constantly said she loves? Tupac. She's in love with a dead corpse. Respectfully. Love you, Pac. Rest in peace. But you're gone. And she's more obsessed with you than she is her own damn husband. Every chance she get, she talked about Tupac. You embarrassed your man on many occasions talking about your obsession with Tupac. I remember she had a a, a, a special on her red, red, red table talk, whatever the fuck that shit was called. Where she constantly, constantly talked about how much she loved Tupac. How his death hurt her, which I understand it did. I get all that. But we're in 20, I believe that was 2021, I think. Pac been gone since 96. Are you still like, you, you, you still obsessed with this man? The man is gone. And then we get to the entanglement. Where you had to publicize on national television your affair with August Alcina, Where Will Smith looked so, so distraught. So heartbroken. Chris Rock even said it in the bit. She hurt him way more than he hurt me. Which I could believe. I honestly think that Chris Rock's special was genius. It was genius. He touched base on everything. On everything. He even called out Jada. Which, again, it was deserving. I, I don't care what nobody say. Because again, we all know the real reason why Will did what he did. And Chris alluded to that. 
I didn't have any entanglements. So basically, he's indicating that Jada is the reason why Will went up there and did what he did, which we all know that's the reason. So for her to be on some, oh, I have nothing to do with this. Yes, you do. Because Chris alluded to it in the special. In 2016, when Will Smith was not, when well, he wasn't nominated. When Will Smith made a movie called Concussion, Will was not nominated for an Oscar. So Jada Pickett basically told Chris Rock, a grown-ass man, to boycott the Oscars. She said that he shouldn't do it. He should boycott the Oscars because her husband, Will, wasn't nominated for concussions. So you're telling a grown-ass man that he shouldn't work. So Chris Rock said, okay, since you want to talk, now I'm going to tell some jokes about you. And the joke was simple. It was, it, it, it was, it was a simple joke. I found it funny. Basically saying that how Jader... Basically, I'm, I'm basically paraphrasing. How did he say? I'm, I'm trying to figure out how he said. It. I'm trying to remember how he said it. It was basically the. It was basically how. It was. Jada and Will being at the Oscars that year was equivalent to him being. Basically, Jada and Will going to the Oscars that year was equivalent to Chris Rock, you know. Seeing Rihanna, Rihanna's panties. He wasn't invited. So that's what it was with the Smiths. They weren't invited to the Oscars. So that's where the issue stemmed from. Now, for some people, that's how they say the whole issue with Chris Rock and Will and Jada started, right? Okay, even so, even if that is the case, he's a comedian. He tells jokes. That's what they do. At the end of the day, if you talk, if you say something about a comedian, the comedian is going to clap back. And in that situation, Chris Rock felt the need to clap back at 2016 when he hosted the Oscars. Jada, you said something about me? Okay, it's my turn to say something about you. Now, of course, yes, he called her a bitch. But again, we're not going to sit here and act like y'all motherfuckers wasn't calling her it. Because again, when this whole... August Alcina shit started. Hell, I'll take it back with the whole Tupac shit. And every moment she get, she was talking about Tupac. Talking about these poems that he wrote her. And she still have these poems and her, her kids writing letters to him. Mind you, the man is dead and you writing him letters. You constantly talking about Pac every chance you get. How much more disrespect you gonna give to your husband? You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you're publicly humiliating him every chance you get, right? So everybody in the world was calling her a bitch. But when he chooses to call her it, now it's an issue. Oh, disrespected the black woman. She disrespected herself. Not only did she disrespect herself, she's disrespected her husband, and she's disrespected the kids. So if there's no... So... If you don't got respect for yourself, then hell, shit, I might as well continue it. But again, and I've said this before and I'll say this again. Will did what he did to Chris because he knew he could get away with it. He knew he could get away with it. We all know Chris Rock ain't no gangster. We know he ain't no goon. We know he's not a tough guy. 
So Will did that because he knew he could get away with it. And we got to give Chris his props. Listen, I know people out there dogged him for not doing nothing. He's the butt of everybody's jokes. Every time you think of Chris Rock, that's what you're going to think of. Unless you're a true fan of his, the, 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 the average Chris Rock fan, when you think of Chris Rock, the first thing you're going to think of is the slap. But see, when I think of Chris Rock, I don't think of the slap. I think of Pookie from New Jack City. I think of him having the Chris Rock show. I think about him having these specials. The last thing I'm thinking about is the slap. Because I think he I, I think he handled that with so much professionalism, with dignity. And then again, come on, the man got 20 to 40 mil for the shit. We was waiting a year. We was waiting for him to say his piece. And Netflix said, you know what? We're gonna give you the 20, we're gonna give you 20 to 40 mil. And you can say your piece. We're gonna let you rock. And I thought it was dope. I, listen, he could have really went off if he wanted to. He, he really could have he really could have laid it to them if he wanted to. And before I go, I'm gonna tell the reasons on why. I'm, I'm a, if I was Chris Rock, listen, if I was Chris Rock, I'm gonna tell y'all what I would have done. But back to Will. Again, this is not a canceled Will. I love Will. I didn't see the Emancipation movie, but. I'm still a fan of his, right? I just think that he did what he did because he knew he can get away with it. I got this built-up frustration in me. I need to take it out on somebody because the person that I need to be taking it out on, I'm not going to hit her. You know, I'm head over heels for her. She has this spell over me or whatever the case may be. So I can't do it to her. I can't do it to August. So you know what? I'm going to do it to Chris because I know I can get away with it. But I tell you what. And I'm going to just say comedians. I'm not even going to. I'm not even like, like, I'm not like, I'm not like, I'm not even, I'm not even going to get into other people. That could have been on that stage. Well, I'm going to get to them too, but let me just say comedians, right? If DL was on that stage and told that joke, you think he would have went up on that stage? I don't think so. Because DL was about that life. He from LA. He from South Central. You can't tell me he ain't about that life. If Earthquake was on that stage and told that joke, the G.I.J. joke. You think you think Will would have went up there? No. And again, I've seen Earthquake on the Breakfast Club, and I've seen him on Club Shay Shay with Shannon Sharp. He was very critical of Jada Pinkett. I think he was more critical of Jada more than Chris was. But if Earthquake told that joke, I don't think Will would have went up there. Earthquake from D.C., he bout that life. You wouldn't have got up on that stage. If Corey Holcomb would have told that joke, and trust me, if it's anybody that could have did worse than what Chris said, it's him. You think Will would have got up on that stage? Absolutely not. Corey Holcomb from Chi-Town. He bout that life. Now, Chris Rock is from Brooklyn, but we know he not about that life. We know he not a gangster. We know he not a goon. 
We know this already. You know what I'm saying? So we so we we, we got a full understanding on that. So those three comedians I just mentioned, if they'd have went up on that stage and told that joke, Will wouldn't have did nothing. Now let's get to the people that are outside of being comedians. If 50 was on that stage and told that joke, you think Will would have did something? Absolutely not. You think if The Rock was up there and told that joke, you think he would have did anything? Nope, absolutely not. And last but not least, shout out to DJ Jazzy Jeff. And I love DJ Jazzy Jeff. When I think of DJs in hip-hop, I would say he's my favorite DJ of all time. R.I.P. K-Slay. Shout out to Clue. Shout out to Envy. R.I.P. Jam Master J. So many DJs. So, so many DJs. Uh, Jazzy Joyce. Spinderella. I don't want to leave none of the ladies out. But for me, DJ Jazzy Jeff Kid Capri. Um, you know, just to name, you know, just to name a few. But for me, DJ Jazzy Jeff is my favorite DJ. I remember an interview he did. And he said Mike Tyson could have been on that stage. And Will would have went after him. I love you, Jazzy Jeff, but you are straight capping. Now, I know Will's your man. I know you're one of his closest people. But you straight capping right now, Jazzy Jeff. Now, again, you said this a few months after the incident. So this is not something that's recent. But I remember you saying that. And speaking on this subject, I said, wait a minute. Didn't Jazzy Jeff say if Mike Tyson was on that stage, he would have did that? No, he wouldn't have. He just sat his ass in that chair and kept it moving and went on about his business. But see, this is more of a reason on why this is Jada's fault. When you saw Will about to get up out that chair, why didn't you restrain him? You already have the spell on him already. You mean to tell me you couldn't cast the spell on him to keep his ass in that seat to not make a fool of himself? Because that's exactly what he did. He made a fool of himself. Because see, this is what's getting swept under the rug. And I know I've spoken about, I, I know I spent too much on this, but it's important because people need, to, people need to pay attention to what I'm about to say. As much as we talk about that slap, people tend to forget what else was overshadowed in that moment. Questlove from The Roots, a, a Philly native. Will Smith is from Philly. Questlove is from Philly. He was getting an award. He was about to be presented an award. The award that Chris Rock was presenting, Questlove won that award. That got overshadowed because of the slap. Will Packer produced the Oscars. For years, we've been clamoring for more black in the Oscars, more black in the Oscars. It don't get no blacker than that. You're producing the Oscars. That got overshadowed. What movie did Will get nominated for? King Richard. What role did he win for? Richard Williams. Who's Richard Williams? The father of Venus and Serena Williams. So you took that moment away from them. So yes, you won your Oscar. But that's not what everybody is talking about. 
Your actions that night overshadowed all those things that I just said. But nobody want to talk about that, though. Nobody want to talk about that. For a year, everybody kept talking about will this, will that, will this, will that. There's not too many people that was asking about Chris Rock. Unless you were a close friend of his, it wasn't too many people out there concerned about Chris Rock's well-being. So salute to you, Chris Rock. Shout out to you, Chris Rock. We waited a year for you to say your piece, and you did an amazing job, in my opinion. But I think that you let them off the hook because you went off. You didn't go off the way you could have. You still did an amazing job. It was a listen. I, listen, I like the special. I like the special. I know some people that didn't like it, but I'm only speaking on his his take on Will and Jada. If I just had to give his take on Will and Jada, you know how the source had five mics? I'm only taking his bit on Will and Jada. If I had to give it a five mic format, I'd give it four mics. Because see me, if I was Chris Rock, I'd have threw Tupac in this bit one way or the other. I'd have had to throw him in there. Since you so obsessed with him, Let's get to the crux of it. I'd have throw Tupac in there one way or the other. I'd have brought that up. And then last but not least, when Chris Rock ended his bit, and he was like that, you know, people kept saying, why didn't he do anything? Why didn't you go after Will? He said, because I got parents. I was raised. He said, you know what they taught me? Don't fight in front of white people. And he slammed the mic, and then the music in the background played in the background. It was niggas in Paris. Now, me, y'all know I'm a whole fanatic. I'm a Jehovah Witness. I love the song selection. I love the beat. But see, me, if you really want to dig deep, me, I'd have ended that bit. I'd have slammed that mic. I'd have called the Audible if I was the DJ, and I'd have ended that shit with the Hail Mary beat. <laughs> That's just me. That's just me. If I listen, listen, if I if I was the DJ, if I if if I if I was the DJ, if I was the DJ of that shit, man, I'd have changed that beat. If I was the DJ, man, I'd have changed that beat. I'd have changed that beat after I dropped the mic and I'd have did this. And I'd have just stood there. I'd have just stood there. And I'd have soaked everything in. That's what I would have did. Because you can see that Chris, after he did his bit, he stood in front of the stage had his hands up, looking in the air. You could see that his eyes was watery. You could tell that he was struggling to get all that shit out. I'd have ended with that bit right there. I would have ended with that. In fact... I'd have ended it with this boy. I'd have ended with... I'd have, ended with, like, I'd have stood there for a minute. And just let this beat play out and then walk backstage. That's what I would have did. 
That's what I would have did if I was Chris Rock. And if I was the DJ, I'd have said, all right, no niggas in Paris. Hail Mary. But again, shout out to you, Chris Rock. Dope special. I enjoyed it. BK, we got your back. All right. But it's a wrap for this episode. Listen, man, I want to thank everybody for y'all support. Once again, keep it going. Keep it flowing. Y'all can find me on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, iTunes. I'm not sure if I'm on iHeartRadio anymore. You know, I tried to listen to it on iHeart. I tried to listen to my last episode on iHeartRadio, but for some reason it wasn't on there. So I'm probably not on there no more. But again, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iTunes, you know, I'm on those platforms. I'm also on Anchor. You can also download the Anchor app. Listen, y'all can find me on social media, Facebook, Dre Day, Instagram, Dre Day1985, or Sportswear with Dre Day Podcast, Twitter, Dre Day1985. So once again, thank y'all for y'all support. Keep it going. Keep it flowing. In closing, y'all know how this goes. This has been another episode of Sportswear with Dre Day Podcast. Episode 285 is done. God bless. Catch you on the flip side. Peace and love. Your boy is out of here. What up, what up, what up? It's your man, Dre Day, and I have a PSA announcement for y'all. Did y'all know that only 38% of African Americans were able to identify financial terms on the PFN Index, an annual financial survey? Why is that? Because we're never given the tools to succeed in the financial sector. Will with American Classic Agency has been designing financial maps for his clients to succeed for over a decade for clients on both coasts. With Will, you will be able to create a game plan to get out of debt and create the wealth that you and your family deserve. If you're interested, please contact Will at willspady at gmail.com. That's W-I-L-L-S-P-A-D-Y at gmail.com or call him at 443-810-0384.